Hello everyone, and welcome to the Quorum Podcast. This is where academic medicine meets remote, austere, and resource-limited areas. Welcome back to the program. This is Avery Kelly. This week, I am talking with Simon Ruparelia, who is finishing up year three of the Bachelor's Barometric Program. Simon, welcome back. Hello, Avery. Good to be back. You were just after getting back from, from Kabosho, and we'll talk about that in, in a second, but tell us about yourself. Who are you? What you're doing? Why are you with the college? Okay, I am in my third year. As you just said, I'm finishing up that third year now. Uh, it's taken time over COVID to get to this point, but I'm very happy that we are here and now um, in the final stretch of the course towards the bachelors. So very happy about that. Um, and... Uh, uh, we talked previously about my experience on the program and as we've progressed through the years and now in the third year, of course, it's a lot more autonomous and the focus is on um, studying independently and getting through my coursework and the reports, dissertation, Um, but happy to do that and happy to be um, finishing the program. This is obviously a side, I'm doing it part-time on the side, I'm also working. I work in healthcare marketing um, and I do that role in Europe and around the world. So I uh, pretty much have a full-time job on the, uh, to, to fit the studies around as well. So all good to be here, and, and thanks for having me again on the podcast. No bother at all. Plus, you, you were fundamental in getting the website upgraded for the Wilderness Medical Society. Yes, that's right. That was a more than the, the website. Um, I did a small project with them to uh, look at their new brand and their new brand identity. They'd already done quite a lot of work in what the um, uh, what they meant, the WMS meant to the world, um, and they needed a little bit of help just to get it going and, uh, and get the branding up and, uh, up and running. So a small little project that we did um, earlier in the year to get that going, and I'm happy to see that all come to fruition, and it looks fantastic. So hopefully that will take them into new directions attract a new set of um, wilderness keen medics and beyond and hopefully it will be a a fresh identity for them to take them into the future definitely it is a vast improvement so uh, yeah well done on that so you have been to uh, kcmc twice is it yes in my second year i did uh, two stints kcmc uh, KCMC being the referral hospital at, in uh, Moshi, Tanzania, and um, that's the 800-bed hospital where uh, I know that we send uh, our first year, second year. So I was there in the capacity of being a first-year student, and I did two stints there to do my hours, um, alongside some of the other students from Quorum as well at the same time. Um, and uh, the two stints were there were were fantastic. It was a it's a huge operation in in the hospital, but I focused my time in the emergency medicine department, the the ER of uh, KCMC, um, and I spent most of my time there. So we have set up KCMC as the Kilimanjaro Christian Medical Center as a great place to start out on the bachelor's degree program. So if you're an EMT level or paramedic student, you're one. It's it's a great teaching hospital because you're always under the tutelage of. Dr. Francis and his, his lads and ladies there that can mentor you. But for those of you who are going to year three, those of you who would want more advanced clinical experience, we've set up the Kabosho District Hospital. And, and I, I stumbled onto, onto this ages ago 
when I, one of my trips to KCMC, somebody was like, oh, you like the, the remote medicine, austere medicine? I got a place for you. And so we hopped in a, in, uh, in a cab and uh, Johnny took us all the way up. There's 14 kilometers up the hill, uh, up Mount Kilimanjaro. And it's just a different world. It's cooler. It's uh, funnily enough, more jungly, more, more uh, monkeys are, are swinging from the trees, quite literally. And it's a perfect location for those who are wanting advanced experience and, and autonomous. So what difference did you see, Simon, between your, your stints at KCMC and then going up the hill to Gabosho? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't sound like a, a far a 14 kilometers up the hill, but it is a world away. Absolutely. So um, you rise up um, uh, on, a, on a tarmac road and then the last um, say five kilometers is on the dirt track, right? And you finally get to the hospital and you wonder why is this and where on earth did this hospital uh, come from and, and to be to be based here, right? Why is it not on the road? But there's a lot of history there. It goes back to the, I think the thirties or the forties where the hospital started as a, a simple dispensary and it's grown from there. Um, and now it is a 200 bed hospital it serves a wide area of about 20,000 people. Um, and there's about 100 plus patients every day, including the weekends coming in for outpatient consultation um, on top of the deliveries. So a huge maternal focus. And um, uh, and there's at least uh, five to 10 deliveries per day. So um, if that's your focus, then you will be inundated with babies, absolutely. But so a very busy hospital, very busy environment and, and in the middle of nowhere, really. Right. So even though it's only 15 kilometers up from Moshi. But as you say, very different experience. Um, and the, the reason is, uh, and I can do a kind of quick comparison here, a direct comparison between KCMC, the uh, referral hospital down on the on the, the bottom of the hill and Kibosho because I've worked in both the EMDs, the emergency medical departments of both. Now, whereas uh, KCMC has, uh, is the, uh, obviously the point of entry for the hospital and all of the patients coming in, critical or otherwise, um, the, the process is on, of course, stabilization, assessing that patient, and then moving them off to wherever they need to go in, in the hospital infrastructure. Um, and the disposition of that patient is then very clear and quite quick. And so you are dealing with a patient where at best, because there's so much volume um, of patients coming through KCMC um, and you've got opportunities to send them to the different departments, specialist departments, you, you're really seeing the patient for maybe an hour or half an hour, an hour, um, doing your assessment, doing the first line treatment. And then that patient is off to either minor surgery or another department or the wards. Now, that story is very different in Kabosho. You will be with a patient from the minute that they come in the door through all of the assessment and initial treatment, and then looking after that patient until they're stable. So the difference is that in the EMD department in Kabosho, they have roughly about uh, 15 to 20 emergency ward beds split between male, female, and pediatrics. And the, uh, uh, the focus is on stabilizing that patient there in the EMD department for as long as it takes until they're ready to either um, be released or referred down the mountain or they go into one of the wards. So this is where the whole concept of prolonged field care, albeit inside um, a um, resource restricted environment, that's really coming into its own. 
And that is where the skill level of seeing that patient and treating that patient for the longer term comes into play as well. So a very, I wouldn't say different skill set, but a different mindset that you're not just dealing with suddenly um, medical and trauma problems coming in the door, assess, 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 and work as efficiently as possible. Um, you're now dealing with a patient who you're going to stabilize for the longest period of time. You know, And in that environment, I was working um, in that EMD every single day. So I would see that patient every single day that I would, I would be doing my shift. And there comes a point where after four or five days working in the EMD, you now know all the patients who are there, right? Whether or not they're in the ward or they are coming back for um, uh, um, uh, referral treatment, etc. You know everyone. Um, you know all the patients that you're, you're treating for. And that's a unique experience and very different from KCMC. So I, I like that location because it is so remote that your the, the 60 medical students, the expat medical students that are down at KCMC, they just can't be bothered to go all the way up uh, and be that far away from discotheques and pubs and, and everything else that they, they all got, you know, leave the hospital at noon and go out and do their, their um, they go up to the waterfall or, or something. They don't really stay in the hospital at, at Kabosho. If you see one or two medical students there, they're motivated. They're, they're there to, to, to learn. So our students are same as that. They're, they're there to learn and they're, they're hands-on there for 16 hours at a time and you're able to do everything. So it's, it's a fantastic place for, well, for the soft medic is kind of what I had in mind. I've sent several soft medics there uh, from several different countries to get experience. Uh, people have come to me. The last one is an 18 Delta from Stuttgart. And they're, they're, he's like, I, I just need some excellent austere medicine hands-on. And in the only place I would want to send them was Kabosho. And it's, it is a, a fantastic place to practice all areas of of medicine like I, you did you get to go into operating theater as well as other wards i spent um time in the minor surgery because we had so many cases uh to deal with that uh we did i was there and assisting and also treating directly the patients in the minor surgery area so uh, my focus was there didn't quite make it into the theater um, but the patients we were looking after the patients as they came out for recovery um, and they come straight back into the EMD, which is right next door. And then we look after them for their recovery period. And then for, of course, the prolonged care for the next few days until they're fully stable. So um, not so much on the uh, um, surgery side, which I, w- I knew that I wasn't going to get on so much hands-on time, but absolutely hands-on in, in minor surgery. The minor surgery and, then, and, and moving them from like EMD or minor surgery into the medical wards whilst they convalesce is, is a fantastic experience. I, I remember uh, seeing one of the docs get three liter bottles, tie them together, put it over a, uh, the railing of the, of the be- foot, foot of the bed, and then tie that onto the leg for a mid-shaft femur traction. And he would uh, keep that patient there for, for and it won't tell tell healed. So that is not science by any means, but he's estimating the, it was a 10% of the body weight that you needed to pull traction on a mid-shaft femur. And that's, that's the only thing they had was, was filled three liter water bottles. Yeah. That, you know, so there's, there's a lot of improvising going on with the equipment that is there. Um, They have the equipment, they have the staff who are knowledgeable about that equipment, no problem there. And who will guide you if you don't understand the tool or the 
or, or uh, any of the equipment to use, but it doesn't, it doesn't go around everyone. There's not enough of anything. And so you have to improvise with either what you've got or you have to share or, or, or somehow distribute the resources that you have. It is true resource management over the longer period. Um, and especially when in either in that convalescent period or um, prolonged care of any of the patients who are sitting in the ICU or the male or the female ward, where's that resources? What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to put it? Who's best in need? How do you divide that up? And that's everything from um, oxygen concentrators to the uh, even the drip stands. You know, you have to if you if you've run out of drip stands, you have to find alternative, right? So um, simple things like that. Um, it's hands-on in the best sense of uh, of, of the word, right? In terms of, um, uh, I think the drip, drip stand is a great example. You know, find a solution, find something that's going to help, right? There is limited amount of people around. You're there. You're there with the nurse. The doctor's tied up. Find a solution, right? Make it work. So lots of lots of moments like that that happen through the day as well. The last time I was there, I was really impressed because I saw a plastic lawn chair and some yoke had taken that chair and put the wheelchair wheels on it. And they they had a wheelchair made out of a plastic lawn chair. I'm not sure if that was still there when you when you saw that. Uh, (laughs) Haven't seen this one. But yes, there is there's plenty examples of where they've improvised and the team have used the equipment that they've got and they've used it to the best um, capabilities and you learn hands-on skills like this, which are just invaluable, you know, and the, what you can do with one piece of gauze, uh, to open it up tight in so many knots. Yeah. It's just brilliant. A brilliant experience of learning how to utilize everything to its capacity. Nothing is unsafe. Everything is, is to international standard in terms of giving drugs, medications, checking, checking medications, sterility, and so on. Nothing like that. The improvisation comes from elements like this and in making patients comfortable in applying traction in um in using the resources as far as possible right so that's where you have to have an open mind and think okay i'm looking after this patient for the longer term there's three more in the corridor what are we going to do right we can't use every resource on this patient who needs what think ahead um think what the patient might need think how stable they are and work with what you have what impresses me about KCMC at Kabosho is they they're clean, like they're 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 spotless. They're, they're the windows won't have a glass in it. It's just a hole in the wall, this square that's been plastered in, and it's clean. I don't remember seeing any corner with dust bunnies or anything. It's just that, so the the level of standard that these two hospitals have is spectacular. It's the best that they could do whilst following evidence-based medicine, whilst having a limited supply of equipment. It's, it's a fantastic location for improvisation. Yeah, we have a really uh, a massive team of, of cleaners and medical attendants who keep the place spotless. And uh, even I, I commented to one of the the sisters and uh, I said you know it's raining outside and you've got white trainers on and, and of course your um, white uniform how do you keep it so clean and uh, and she told me this that's that's a must we must keep it clean if if we lose the focus on keeping my white trainers clean then what does that mean for patient care you know so so brilliant you know that was just the immediate response I got back from from the team uh, so absolutely, it, it's uh, you will not uh, you will find things 
the uh, machinery is older, the equipment, uh, monitors and so on are older, but, um, but not unclean and not unsafe, right? So those things are not a problem. So during this last deployment, what were some of the more serious cases that you saw? There is um, a lot to focus on hypertension, patients with hypertension, and patients with complications related to diabetes. And I think some of the more memorable cases and, and those that took time to treat um, were those who with complications related to diabetes. So diabetic foot ulcers, um, ulcers from bed sores, um, which are also infected. Um, there is These are the ones which are mostly in an older population. They are in and out of the ER. They uh, are coming in, uh, in some cases, daily for wound management. These are wounds which are so heavily infected that we are aggressively treating um, with antibiotics, with cleaning with removal of necrotic tissue, um, with then re-bandaging, re, uh, even exploratory um, incisions to find a source of infection. So the, the complications related to diabetes um, is huge and a, a big, massive problem for this area, um, let alone um, uh, patients with hypertension and, um, and complications related to this, including stroke. So patients who are most serious, this is um, less of uh, trauma uh, from road traffic accidents uh, in this area because we barely have a road um, to lead to the place. <laughs> but you're going to see patients who need medical um, complications and medical care and a good thorough history taking, um, a good understanding of what led to this situation. Um, and and including why they have stopped taking their medication um, and uh, and what they've done about that, right? Uh, now, many of these things are related to cost. Many of these things are related to superstition, uh, family input, family matters. So you see the full human condition appear in front of you um, over the days that you're there. And that is... I would say it's a strange word to say, but it's a luxury for a medic to be to have the ability to see a patient, understand a patient for that period of time, right? In this prolonged care, some of those patients are coming in every day to the EMD, and I see them for uh, just one hour, two hours of treatment, uh, like redressing, um, and then we see them again the next day. And some are then admitted, uh, like in the case of a stroke patient, and we see them for the next five, six, seven days. And in that period. You, you explore everything. You see the family coming in. You see the struggle with either uh, understanding what is happening, understanding the condition that they're in, or um, a confusion of what medication should be taken and when and how and why, or simply that they can't afford it um, and the complications of that. And you see the strain on the family. You see the interaction between the patient and the family, what they can do about it. Uh, and, and that's all there in front of you and playing out uh, as you go through your, your time on the ward. So it's a great place for medical issues and, and not so much on trauma. Yeah. Oh, having said that, when it rains, we get motorbike accidents coming in, uh, you know, to a piece. So um, it's a it's a muddy, a steep road. Um, it's dark. And uh, any of the accidents that we get, you know, if it's been raining, then the next day you're going to see some uh, uh, particularly motorbike um, related mm. 
uh, trauma. But to be fair, if you're looking at practicing prolonged field care skills, you're going to want the medical uh, the medical casualties and the, the trauma. It, 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 it's important as well. And, and, of course, you can go down to the A&E department with Dr. Francis at KCMC and get trauma there. What, what kind of trauma, daily trauma, were you seeing at KCMC? Yeah, and KCMC, we had many... Um um uh road traffic accident related trauma um we had violence and domestic violence trauma as well um and then at the weekends you would have trauma related to yeah same again violence or um related to uh the environment that they're in going out on a night out and it's it's low level violence or it's low level um uh, trauma right but the most case the biggest trauma was probably um, road traffic related, right? In KCMC, the, the ones that I saw. Right. And burns as well. So plenty burns, both um, adult and pediatric as well. Haven't seen so much of that. It's a smaller population, Kibosho. Um, and we saw the trauma that we did see was mostly related to motorbike accidents going up and down the mountain. And would they then transfer down to KCMC if they were serious enough? For the trauma, um, not so much uh, because I, I, in the time that I was there, I hadn't seen it. Although, yes, they are transferred down once they're stable if um, it's warranted and if they can afford the treatment that comes with tra- the transfer or they may be sponsored uh, patients so that they are able to, uh, uh, to be referred. If not, then they stay in the emergency room uh, department in the ward, in the emergency ward until they're stable enough. Um, and or can afford the treatment to continue um, in Kabosho. So a mix, a mix kind of disposition for those patients. Um, very different from KCMC, um, where you've kind of got everything there. The, the treatment is a little bit faster, but still, you, you still come up, up against the same barriers of cost, treatment, or sponsorship at KCMC. So that you know the end, the end situation is the same for the patient um, for the next stage of their treatment. Um, we did refer medical cases down to KCMC. I took one uh, neonate down the mountain um, with uh, breathing difficulties, uh, suspected uh, pneumonia. Um, And this patient was with us for about two days, um, aggressive treatment before we then decided to refer down to KCMC. We have an ambulance at Kibosho um, and I I took the patient down in the back of the ambulance um, with our expert driver um, who can navigate his way down the side of that mountain. There's a few times you, you get a little bit airborne as you go over the bumps, but otherwise <laughs> it's a, a good ride down the mountain, safe ride down to KCMC. Um, and, um, and, and of course we phone ahead uh, to KCMC so they know to expect us and we know uh, where we're going if we need a, a, a pediatrician, for example, in this case. Uh, so we, we were an expected case. And when we arrive, we are then straight into the EMD uh, and uh, they see me arriving. And so that was to some quite bemused faces because I knew the team there at KCMC. They <laughs> were not expecting to see me walk through the door with a patient, but that was great Brilliant. to catch up with that team. But yes, yeah, so there is um, a transfer. That transfer, um, uh, it, it takes about 20, 25 minutes to get down the mountain. Um mm. On good weather, anyway. Yeah, yeah, under lights and sirens. So we did that. Um, we did that, and that that happens maybe twice or three times per week uh, to do that when the patient is being referred. 
So another advantage with Kabosho is with, with fewer medical students, you're not in queue to try to get hands-on. They don't know what to do with you. Like you're, you're not a medical student. You're not a doctor. You're, you're, you're a paramedic. They don't know what to make of that. And therefore, you have to kind of introduce yourself and they get get used to the fact that you're very much hands-on. So a med student isn't. The med student's going to stay back and 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 just get their their signature they need at the end of the shift. But our lads are, are definitely knuckle-draggers coming in and, and getting hands-on. Yeah, I, I think, you know, even the terminology is a little bit lost um, on both the, the medical staff because they, they don't have the experience of that um, of that role, right, amongst them, and definitely on the patients who don't really appreciate the, um, uh, the role or the skill level or, or what you bring um, or, or, or where your limitations are um, um, more often or not. So in most cases, you are always referring to the doctor to, for the decision on medication, for the disposition, for what we're going to do with this patient. Um, and there's, of course, a limit to what we do as the paramedic. You don't change the scope because you're there. You work within the scope that we, we have. Um, but yet, it's, it, uh, it's still a confused uh, story. So there's a lot of explanation about what the paramedic can do. Um, it's probably a bit easier to work in the EMD because we are hands-on anyway. We know what we're doing. We are very much welcome in the emergency situations as well. We had plenty of those where there was resuscitation um, taking place and you naturally lead the resuscitation effort um, as well. So in those cases where it's quick emergency medicine um, and it's resuscitation particularly, then yes, that makes a lot of sense and your value is is seen immediately. Um, Less so when it's on the ward and you are managing those patients uh, uh, in the prolonged sense. Um, but probably the more of the questions I'm asking the doctor than than they're asking um, me to help on something. So it's both it's a learning curve in both ways. But yes, it takes time. I was there at this stint for only a few weeks, but by the end of that, uh, they they I think they helped them clarify the role that or the value I could bring to the EMD department, and therefore other uh, paramedics who work in that environment would bring as well. I would say. The focus is really on the paramedic in the EMD department, unless you want to specialize um, in a certain area. And even if you do want to specialize, you can do one or two days in um, in maternity, for example. Uh, go and deliver babies in the middle of the night, no problem. Um, you know, that's that option is available for you. They will welcome the help. Um, and in fact, they actually ask for the help in some cases when they're short of staff uh, yeah. to, the, to the other departments. But in most cases, you'll spend the time in EMD. You'll be a valuable addition to the team, um, and your skills will be uh, will be required, used, utilized, um, and then and then valued there. So it sounds to me like the best option for a remote medic or a soft medic would be to come to Tanzania and spend perhaps one week at KCMC with Dr. Francis to get their trauma, and then the next two to three weeks, four weeks in Kabosho to get their prolonged field care experience, to get their the medical experience, to get the experience that they really need as austere medicine providers? I would say so, yes. The, the difference is, though, that you need, still need to build up a good rapport and chemistry with your team, right? The nurses and the doctors of the department. And I, I found it um, m- 
beneficial to stay. That's why I stayed in the one department for the whole time. Um, and by the time that I had worked then three, four days in a row, I'd seen the rotation of all of the staff and they all knew me um, and they were now on their second uh, um, uh, second duty and then I'm still there. And so they're familiar with what I can do. And therefore they invite you in to help. They invite you in to take care of the patient or to be hands-on, right, completely. And so that's very valuable. Um, if you do too short a time in either place, um, then, then you know, the restriction is that you might not have time to build up that personal relationship with the team around you. And the team dynamic is super important here. And it, and it adds a lot of fun. There's many times where we are quiet in the department. There is no patience there. And we have the music playing out of somebody's phone, you know, while we're doing some of the administration or cleaning. Um, it, is a, it is a healthy, fun, um, collaborative environment. And the teamwork aspect is essential for managing the stress factor, for managing the fact that they're they are working long hours, they um, haven't stopped for a break, right, or they have to cover another shift. And that teamwork is, is, is fundamental. And you are invited to be part of that team the minute you get there. And you are, you know, you're, you're instantly part of the team and you feel like that as well, which is great. So I'd say the more time you can spend dedicated to one of the locations, just from a team dynamic point of view, probably helps you get more hands-on eventually with the patients that you want to treat. So at least fortnight is a minimum, you think? At least, um, at least, uh, yes, 10 days, a week to 10 days. Um, if you're going to split it up between the two, yeah, that would make sense. Minimum. So tell us where you stayed. How, how was the, because there's no restaurants up there. There's no hotels. There's no, nothing. There is, it, so where did they put you up? The accommodation is on site. So there is a, a kind of a bed and breakfast or a, uh, um, a full uh, meal service, if you like, with um, the sisters who look after the residences there. So there is accommodation. It is um Simple accommodation, but you have your own room. You have an ensuite uh, if you're lucky, or you have a shared bathroom with two, three people. All of uh, the international guests stay in the same location, very similar to the KCMC setup. Um, and the the best thing is that then the meals are provided for you, um, and one of the sisters will bring the food or will come to cook uh, at your location at, at the um, at the apartment, which is on site. It's just five minute walk. Um, in the in the same uh, uh, compound, um, and they will provide for your food. And actually, I probably ate better in Kabosho than I did in KCMC because you're tired in KCMC. You've done a long shift, and then you've still got to go and find food, right? Um, yeah. And it's easy to to not eat well. Whereas here, um, you know, you can take a break no matter when it is, and the food is there prepared for you. So I really appreciate that having that um, service available. You pay for that, so that's a daily charge for the international guests. Um, but that was invaluable because it allowed me to focus on on working all the days that I wanted to, to work in the EMD. Um, and then when it came to around dinner time, the minute I could get a break, then that's it, take a break, walk up to the apartment. Um, and there was the meal on the table, which was fantastic. So that's a luxury um, uh, for us uh, that, that you have to pay for, but it's a luxury for, for us being there and working on site. Plus, right out front, the the front gate is a little thatched market. Did you did you go there? You can get you can get wine, you can get uh, chocolates. You know the two main mainstays you need in one of these things. But you can top up your phone. Did you go and and kind of wander around that area? Yeah, there's a little, there's a few little shops just outside the gates. They mostly cater for the um, 
visitors of the patients and as well as the staff who are there. But there is one, there's a little spot with a, a few beers and a surprisingly amazing sound system at the back. So if you want a little time off, um, <laughs> uh, then then yes, you have the option as well. And uh, and if you get friendly with some of the doctors um, as well, they will show you some of the spots nearby. So you're not completely in the wilderness. There is a little option, but yes, don't expect nightclubs and nightlife. Um, after dark, things go pretty quiet, pretty dark, pretty fast. Um, and so it's really like that till the next day. That being said, did you get Johnny the taxi guy to take you down to Moshi for uh, El Rancho restaurant or the or the, the Killy Wonders Hotel that has that, that rooftop pub? Yeah, I did manage to get down the town as well. So halfway through my stint, I did go down. Actually, I went down with the doctors and we had um, a bit of a time off for a few hours, which was brilliant. So, you know, the, again, it comes back to the point is if, if you are willing and open and being um, there to work and show the value of what you can bring there, you'll be welcomed. And not only that, you'll then be invited out with the doctors who will look after you as well. So I was very fortunate that they that they took me under their wing in a social sense as well, right? And took me out to some of the places. So happy I got a little social time with them as well, which was great. So you're not on your own. Um, it does feel like it uh, on the first few days, but it quickly settles and you quickly know uh, and have some uh, jokes going on with the team around you and start building up a good rapport with the team. So, you know, that's what comes from, you know, dedicating yourself to the team and being available and showing you're willing to work. And if, if you do that, it, the doors will open for you. And that is a profound bit of knowledge to learn if you want to get into osteo medicine. It's, it's community. It, it's the people around you. It's building relationships that's going to make you a better medic. I think that, you know, this is the difference between when you're up in uh, Kabosho versus KCMC. You know, KCMC is such a high volume of patients and you're there to learn and you're there to learn really the basic techniques of what you need to do with all these patients that I, when I went there, I remember... I didn't know. I'd never done half of the techniques that I needed to do. And then, of course, on day one, you do it 10 times. And so by the end of the first day, you're like, wow, I never even expected to do this. So KCMC, you know, you're there for the learning opportunity because you have the volume of patients and all the training staff around you and a very collaborative uh, training environment. Whereas in Kabosho, yes, you have the teamwork dynamic around you, but don't expect there to be you know, teaching staff around you in the same sense because they don't have the time. There's one doctor covering multiple wards, including the EMD. There's one nurse who is is covering the whole of uh, ten patients in the EMD, and that's it. So you don't. It's not a learning environment per se. It is more of a hands-on experience, and you're learning other skills just like that. The teamwork dynamic, the um, ability to be the ability to be to be uh, independent and, and work autonomously, right? That's the skills that you're learning in that, that placement. And that's the beauty of having Kabosho and KCMC in one, well, not one location, but definitely in the same side of the mountain. And at KCMC, you're getting the basics. You're, it's a teaching hospital. There's 60 expat medical students coming from around the world to get their, their, their medical placement. And, and our lads are there as well. Ladies are there as well. And it's a great place for a teaching environment, but that's not Kabosho. Kabosho is, as you said, it's, it's for the solo standalone practitioner who happens to have the ability to have a doc there to ask questions. And that's a fantastic, I, I think it's one of the base, best places in the, in the planet to learn for the soft medic, for the, for the remote medic to learn to practice on their own. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, as a college, we focus on the hard skills as well of things that you must do and must learn. And so you're not going to get the volume that you need in Kibosho. So KCMC, absolutely for those um, first years. And I, I'm very happy that I, I did it in this order, KCMC first. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't have it doesn't work any other way, but it makes a lot of sense in this order. So, you know, coming from experience, absolutely. KCMC first, and then you move on to a placement like this at Kaposho, just up the mountain. Only 14 kilometers up, but it feels like another world. You know what I like? It's cooler. So being Irish, and being down at KCMC, it, I've been there every month of the year, it's bloody hot. <laughs> and and as soon as you go up, it's some, it's magical. It's, it's, you go up the mountain, it's cooling down a bit. You get the view of what 120 kilometers off in the distance, and and then the church. Tell us about the church. Yes, the church. So the church is very historic. Um, the Catholic Church is there. It's a beautiful um, uh, brick church. Beautiful um, stained glass windows in there. I was actually invited to go for the mass um, on one of the last nice. days, um, and it was it, it was a celebration or a commemoration for uh, uh, AIDS Awareness Day. Um, and so we did uh, uh, some events around the hospital, um, around the center with the doctors to commemorate that. We heard from uh, survivors or patients um, and, uh, and, there was some, and there was a service uh, with, with the music and everything that goes. So it's quite an experience. If you do get invited to uh, attend with the sisters, um, absolutely, I, I, I jumped to the chance went for one morning there. Nice. I, I remember my first trip up and we're looking at the hospital and then Dr. John Matero, the CEO, was like, well, you got you to gotta come. You got to come to look at this. So we walked out the front gate and like, okay, where are we going? Where are we going? And you turn this corner to the right and this church looks like it was nicked from Ireland. Like you could, you could pick up this church and put it in any rural parts of my country and it would blend in. The stones were brought by the Germans in 1840, up the hill, and they made this stone church that is can hold 120 people. It's mental that they put this up in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. Yeah, and and that of course that's 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 why the hospital is as is there at the side and why it's um, it's still in location and why it will never move. So, you know, as, as difficult it is to get up the hill and up the, the dirt track, um, that's, that is the Kabosha world. And, of course, there's a school next to it as well and a community of 20,000 around. So um, as difficult as life is part of the way up the mountain in the, in the rainforest zone there, then um, that, that's their life and, uh, and a fantastic community that is just around that environment. Very different to KCMC just down the road. And what about the language problem? Is, is everyone speaking English? Not so much as KCMC. Of course, yes, for everyone, all of the staff um, and all of, all of the doctors and nurses, no problem at all. Um, the, the, the beauty here is you've got time with patients. There's not so much of a rush with the patients that um, in some cases in KCMC is so busy, you don't, you don't get to hear the whole story because they are the history taking is done and Swahili, you don't know. On the, and then, of course, the treatments and the consideration of payment and so on, the conversation with the family, that's all happening in Swahili. And then if you're lucky at the, at afterwards, you have a moment where you can ask, uh, can you just give me the summary? In um, Kibosho, you have more time on your side. So 
Um, history taking takes a bit longer, but you have the time to translate and you can work with the nurse and the patient to understand a little bit more of the history. So time is on your side. And for that, um, it's easier to get the understanding, even if you have to um, uh, translate along the way. So um, history taking was much more easier in that kind of more slower environment. Um, and even if you didn't get it the first time, then over the next couple of days, when that patient is admitted and still being monitored in a prolonged sense in the EMD, you've still got that opportunity as well to, uh, to ask questions and go back and revisit the history. So of all the trips you've done, how, how much of the Swahili language do you have now? Oh, still very basic. Um, I think I picked up the first time KCMC. Um, and I, again, I tried again this time. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm still getting pushed by and I, I still get the jokes by all the, uh, the nurses and the docs on, um, <laughs> on how bad my Swahili is. Yeah, it's, it's uh, much to be desired, but working on it. So, Simon, what advice do you have for the SF medic, the, the austere medic, the, the city-based paramedic, anyone who would be interested in this, what would you have to tell them? I think there's a few things. First is the key skills. So the fundamental skills, um, be confident in all of your fundamental skills, which, of course, you will address in the first years of training anyway. Um, so know those skills, and that includes everything that the nurses do on the ward, NG tubes, um, uh, 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 catheters, and of course, be very, um, uh, um, how do you say, uh, good quality and efficient with your use of equipment. Um, and that just comes with practice and skill, right? So you're still in a resource constrained environment. So nobody wants to see you work your way through five cannulas before you secure your line, <laughs> right? So um, try as your best to get your skill proficiency level up, right? So that's number one. Um, with that, you'll then be you know, welcome to just take on the patients and stabilize them as and when they come in. And that is a skill, especially in the emergency um, uh, environment there, in the, in the emergency room, that's where you show your value as a paramedic um, to help in that situation, right? And with that, uh, you know, refresh your skills on resuscitation as well. I mean, that's obvious um, as a paramedic, but yes, that's where you add your skill, where you can, you will lead the team if need be um, for, for those interventions and that, that situation. So those are the, the number one is key skills. Second is um, the improvisation, right? This is not MacGyver style like I was talking about. It's, it's in no way do you change medications, do you um, affect any of the medical um, equipment, uh, any of that. It is in the ability to move the patient around and to reposition the patient and to hang a line from here or or uh, try to find a way uh, by uh, sharing the electricity between two oxygen concentrators and what if one goes wrong and how we're going to swap that out. So you need to be a bit open and open-minded and a bit of a problem solver um, in terms of those hard uh, material things that happen every single day, every single shift, right? Just to keep the lights on and keep the uh, environment running smoothly. Um, you know, uh, don't expect that this, there's a, a mechanic there or a, um, an assistant or a technician who's going to help you with all of those pieces. And there's definitely no other equipment to go and scurry from. So you really have to try and make do with what you have and share it around. So be resource be resource clever, but be open-minded about the solution. Of course, keep it safe, keep it um, 
keep it in keeping with what is being done in the environment um, and, and uh, 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 at all times you're looking after the patient care anyway. So those, that's the second thing, right? Just being resilient and, and open-minded to be a bit more, um, <clears throat> um, how would you say, utilize, utilize the resources that you have available. Um, and then third is the team aspect. So you will succeed in this placement when you walk in with a big smile on your face and you welcome um, them into your world just as much as they're welcoming you in, into theirs. So, and that applies to the doctors and the nurses and every medical attendant uh, who is working there. You know, they, they have very specific levels of staff uh, in both in KCMC and Kibosho, but none of that really matters in the team it's all one team in the department and 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 beyond in the other wards as well the other parts of the 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 hospital so the more that you muck in as one team and you come across as a team maker and a, a team player you'll be rewarded 10 times back right um in mm. in the care that you're allowed to give um and in the social environment that you're that you'll be part of and that will that will just you will walk away from that placement with both new friends, new learning, and a whole new world opened up, right? Even if, like me, you've been there for, I've probably been in Tanzania eight times over the years, um, and three of those times in this environment. So even now, I walk away with new friends, new experiences, and I love it. You know, So it's an open mind, keep an open mind, um, and, and you will be rewarded. So three very good points, and all of them applicable for the austere medic, for the remote medic wanting to learn to provide care in austere environments, and you've nailed it. Well done. Yeah, thanks Thanks for giving us your feedback on Kabosho, and I look forward to seeing you graduate from the BSc and seeing where you go from there. But Simon, you have been a fantastic student, and a, I, I appreciate your input and for your time at Tanzania. Thank you. I'm looking forward to get back to Kabosho as well. Uh, and I do want to try and get another stint in there before I finish my placement. So happy to go back there and see the team again. This has been a presentation from the College of Remote and Offshore Medicine. If you would like to earn CPD credits for this podcast, you can join the Council of Members. Being a member of the college gives you free CPD credit, free access for our virtual field guide, and discounts on our e-learning courses. You can join the team on our college website at quorum.edu.mt.